Hello and welcome to What Happens Next, the show where Alex knows what happens next. And this season, I also know what happens next. But do we really know what happens next? I don't know how you managed to make it worse week on week. It's actually <laughs> impressive. All right, let's go. <laughs> but like most things, I'm probably going to be better at this than you. Grab the beers, head to your nads and have a great time. <laughs> Steaks are just tails. They actually fell off bigger animals. <laughs> okay, how many times are you here on me? Oh, look, frequently. Sally's very impressed. Is she awesome? If not, we can hypnotise her. <laughs> He's oh. a monkey playing with a soundboard at the moment. <laughs> so. oh, I don't know how to read. Yeah. Why do you think we're doing a podcast? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of What Happens Next. We are excited to talk about one of the most interesting topics to you right now, Jacob Thompson. And what is that this week? Uh, we're going to talk about drug policy. Um, and I'm going to be uh, trying to convince everyone that uh, they should be, if not legalized, at least de- decriminalized. All drugs. and uh, All of the drugs. All of the drugs. All of the drugs. All of, yeah, all of them. Just got that out of the way of the top. All of the drugs. All of the drugs. Meth, heroin, cocaine, all of them. And someone who disagrees with me, we've got on the got on the show this week, is Elise Favorito. Hey there. Um, so you, you disagree with me on this, don't you? I definitely do. I think it's very extremist. And I'm just going to start off simply by saying, wouldn't that encourage drug use? Where's the incentive for people not to use drugs if there's going to be no penalties or if if they know that the worst that they could incur is a, a little fine, why would they not use drugs? Um, well, there's the, you know, health side of drugs, I think. I mean, like, you could simply start by, if drugs were legal, would you take them, you personally? No, I wouldn't personally, but I'm sure there are people who don't take them for the simple reason being that they are illegal. I would, I would argue that for... Hard hard drugs like your 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 meth or your heroin. That's a remarkably small amount of people. Um, I don't think you'd see a massive spike in people using hard drugs because they were decriminalised. Because I think people just don't don't take them because they know they are uh, really dangerous. Of course, uh, but then there would health, health. there would be people who say they would be out and you know maybe they're at a club or something, and they would think. I'll just do it once just because, you know, it's decriminalised as well. I'm not going to I'm not going to receive any of the harsh penalties that I would have if they weren't decriminalised. Uh, to be clear, I'm talking about um, use, not random people selling them. So you can you cannot be a yeah, no, I'm talking about drugs. Yeah, I'm talking about people just people buying them off pe- other people in a club yeah, and using stealing them. drugs. Well, they're using them in the club. I would, I would like the pe- the people selling. They could incur massive p- penalties for dealing drugs. Yeah, but she's saying that the people that are experiencing the drugs, uh, that are taking them and dealing with the consequences, are going to have to do it themselves. Right? They're the ones saying, "Oh well, this isn't illegal, so I'm not going to worry about this now." Exactly. Uh, the main reason I think they should be uh, legalized is because I think it would in- increase overall health. Um, That's lovely, Jacob, and I'm sure we'll get back to that, but you don't get to just sidestep the argument at hand. And there's a very legitimate point. How do you feel about basically sending a statement to the public that it is okay um, for you to take hard drugs? There are so many positions in society where we say, you're not allowed to drive without a seatbelt because it's for your own good. 
mm-hmm. right? It's because of the, we look at the consequences. We see the number of people that die on the roads as a result of this. And we're just trying to keep people safe. I mean, we say you're not allowed to buy guns, not because we don't believe an individual shouldn't have the right to have a gun, but because we've seen through America what happens when you give everyone a right to guns is some people will make mistakes, right? How do you feel about legitimizing the choice of others to take drugs? I'm okay with it because of what I think the benefits of that decision are. So Um, are you really going to teach young children that it's acceptable to have drugs on you? I would want to look at it, look at it in a similar um, way as alcohol, in that this is a substance that you like. You know, once you're eighteen or whatever, that you can take. There are effects of this. You like, if you use it irresponsibly, you will be like the the full force of the law will come down on you. But the act simply of taking the substance, I don't think, should be illegal. Okay, but can we really compare alcohol to illegal drugs? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very easy comparing depends, something like marijuana, depends. which is, yeah. you know, you can you can find your similarities there. And But when we're talking something like... Heroin. Or, or crystal ice. meth. Yeah. Um, the, the level of addiction that you're getting to it is nowhere near the same as alcohol. You can very easily have a few drinks and not become addicted for the rest of your life. A few hits of like crystal meth and like you're a goner and the consequences on your life are so much more severe than alcohol like i think when you're talking about the comparison it's very easy for marijuana and maybe some of the the not as serious drugs but when we talk about the serious ones you don't get to compare them i don't think okay fair enough but again when you're talking about the serious ones though you then can't go oh well you know there's some meth there i'm just gonna take it because i don't think that's a real i don't think that's a realistic scenario i don't think if you just saw if, if someone offered you meth just like oh it's legal now so i'm going to take meth no I, but I there will be think... people who are not taking it because it is illegal yeah but and i think that is a much smaller proportion of the population than you're making it out to be well that's For, an opinion isn't it well i've got like the case study of portugal so they decriminalized drugs in 2001 so basically what they what they did was if you are caught uh, with uh, drugs that's less than a 10-day uh, supply of drugs, so for personal use, basically. Instead of being, like, charged with drug possession, you're taken to a committee where there's a lawyer, a social worker, and a health professional. And they, can, and they basically give you a treatment or rehab plan that you can go through. Well, so, can't we still implement those you know, those treatments and, you know, health plans without having to decriminalise drugs. For example, the safe injecting rooms. We haven't had to decriminalise drugs to create these safe injecting rooms and people will still feel safer to inject there. There's help if they need it. Just to swing it around, um, I think you're making a lot of valid points. We have a lot of time to get into a lot of things, but I I want you to address the... The question at hand. And if at the end of it you go, okay, that's fair enough, I can't argue with that, I think my reason is still more important, but I understand why you think that's important, so be it. But I want you to either acknowledge the point or rebut the point, and that is that you are legitimising the use of hardcore drugs, which 
You can squabble over how many people it might end up being, but that will end up being people. Yeah, okay. I understand that that is the, that is the consequence. I think that would also help destigmatize it, which I think is important in treatment. But yes, I do understand that um, it would does legitimize the use of hard drugs, but I think there can be benefits to that, such as this, uh, it, there being less stigma surrounding it. But at the end of the day, I think the benefits outweigh that downside. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you on the stigma point because it's not like we're talking about um, mental illness or there is absolutely still stigma. No, 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 no. But as, hang on, it's not like we're talking about mental illness or um, being gay or something where the stigma around it is um, that you. If you choose to do it, like it's an option, um, there there is rightfully a stigma around drugs. But it's a choice, I think, the, in many the, cases. The point of the stigma around drugs is that that's not good. That yes, addiction is a mental illness and that's a whole other issue. Um, but you didn't have to get yourself into that spot in the first place. Whereas compare that to the stigma around, say, like mental illness or sexuality it's like well no you don't have much of a choice do you um i i think there absolutely should be a stigma around drugs and that's that's the point of this argument is yes um concede you will get a little bit of a bonus from there being uh less of a stigma around drugs will help treatment but it's that's that stigma is what we're concerned about in the first place with the argument is saying that there needs to be you are forfeiting that stigma by legalizing it you as the government are saying to the people of Australia, that's fine, you do it. We'll pay for your treatment, we'll worry about you afterwards, but that's fine, you do it. The whole point of the the whole point of the legal system is to say no. We're not going to stand by you for doing that. Okay. I still think it would definitely reduce okay, reduce stigma around addiction. Yes, I think that's definitely a good thing. Yep. Um, but I I can say that. But I still think the benefits outweigh. Okay, we've, we've hit you pretty hard, I feel, for a little bit. Let's <laughs> let us let you get off the mark. Go on, give us you. I know your big first point is health. Yeah. So give us that one. All right. So basically uh, decriminalizing would, and even further legalizing, would absolutely help health outcomes. So you've got the um, case study of Portugal. So they decriminalized drugs in 2001. It's seen a large decrease in HIV rates because needle uses become a lot safer. Again, you could address that with safe injecting rooms, which I'm obviously all for as a lesser extent as for decriminalising. I think one of the the big things is drug-related deaths. There there are a quarter of the drug-related deaths now in Portugal than there was before decriminalisation. That's a pretty substantial decrease, and I think... Because the, the whole point of having drug policy is to, is to save lives, I think. Um, that's, that, that, should be the, that should be the point of it. And it is, it is one case, but you know, that's what we've got to go off basically at the moment. And that showed pr- pretty, pretty big success. If you're you know, cutting down three quarters of the, of the deaths caused by drug, that's going to be a good thing. I think also to address the, um, when you guys are saying it will increase drug use, um, in Portugal, uh, straight after, so in the first few years after decriminalisation, a drug use went up, 
but it is now actually lower than it was before it was decriminalized. Um, <clears throat> which you could probably attribute to better rehab um, facilities because people are more willing to use them because they're not fear- fearing legal consequences. And also they're more likely to call an ambulance if they get into trouble um, as opposed to got being scared that the police are going to get involved and they're going to go to jail for overdosing. Also, data from California and Colorado when they decriminalised marijuana there showed like no significant increase in marijuana use. Again, that's not hard drugs, but I think that there's there's a couple of cases there where decriminalising didn't actually drastically increase the amount of drugs being used. See, I understand what you're saying, and I understand that it's worked for those places, but for other places, it might not be the same. And one example, and of course, this isn't, you know, hard drugs, but the Netherlands have their coffee shops. And ever since they um, established those, the use of uh, marijuana has actually tripled. And there are people who go to the Netherlands for to visit those coffee shops. Basically, we can't guarantee that, sure, maybe it's worked for Portugal, but how do we know that that's going to work for Australia? You know, how do we know that decriminalising drugs is the way to go? Places like Sweden, for example, they've actually had rising drug use in the in the 1990s and they decided to tighten their drug control and from that they've now got a third of the European average of drug use. So I could, you know, there are cases where it, it works, you know, decriminalising drugs, but also it's shown improvement in tightening drug use and, and drug control as well. In what way did they tighten drug control? I'm I'm not exactly sure, but that's that they implemented policies and and that seemed to have worked for them. Without being well versed in the situation, I'm sure it's your classic war on drugs type stuff. Yeah. I do want to come back to the point you actually mentioned about health, because I think tactics and how to um, lower drug rates are all over the place, um, is, as you have each said, it's more about how you execute it than it is about the actual strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think either of those would be effective, but he's got a massive stat on his side, which is saying that with Portugal as the example, that whilst we argued before that drug use, um, we don't want to legitimise drug use to the public He's absolutely right in the sense that another facet of the reasons why we make it illegal is to protect lives, right? And if as a result of the situation, there are one quarter of the lives being lost than previously, that's got to be a pretty important factor, right? Yeah, of course. But I also think that, you know, the example of Sweden, having a third of the average of um, Europe's drug use, I think that that that's also a very valid point. Um, and, and that's also worked. So what I'm trying to get at is we can't guarantee that it's going to work in Australia, for example. And what are the consequences if it doesn't work? How can we go back to, you know, a strict drug policy? And, you know, if, if the drug use did happen to increase, if, uh, drugs were decriminalised in Australia. How can we go back to how it was before? Um, is that a risk that we really want to take? I would argue yes, because it's pretty clear that, <clears throat> at least in Australia, and also with you know America on other drugs, 
the war on drugs doesn't tend to work. Um, to address your Netherlands point, um, uh, particularly with marijuana, I actually don't think use is anywhere near as much of a problem. I think, like, I'd be curious to see what the health consequences on the other side of that, like, of that increased use is like. Is there much higher drug-related deaths in the Netherlands than anywhere else? Yeah, well, like I said, you know, I it wasn't a it wasn't a hard drugs example, but yeah, it is I, an example where drug use, well, of marijuana has tripled because of these coffee shops. I, I'd be I'd be curious to see how um, in Sweden those policies were implemented because I think, uh, like we'll, we'll get to you later, there's also a pretty large consequence of p- putting people in prison for drug-related crimes. Um, that's had pretty disastrous consequences in particularly the US because um, that's, that's the best example of that sort of war on drugs. Um, it's it'd be the, similar to a, just a, obviously less in numbers um, perspective in Australia. But I'll get to the I'll get to the, like imprisonment later. I still want to talk about health because the like the, the the other thing is a lot of so the reason people die of drugs in the short term is from overdosing or from the drug like the drugs being bad basically they're like mm-hmm. they've got other stuff in them. So that's why there's been in Australia a lot of um, talk about pill testing as a really as a good strategy for reducing drug-related deaths uh, at music festivals yeah. and stuff because you can take your, your pills in, they have a look at them, see if there's, like, rat poison or something in them, and then you can make a better decision on the drugs you're taking rather than you have no idea what's in it. And I think that that that, that sort of thing, that um, not knowing what exactly is in your drugs is a big reason of why they're dangerous. Obviously, the substance itself has negative effects, but... A big reason behind the nature is because of the unknown nature of them. So if they were, uh, you could regulate the actual drugs by selling them at like pharmacies or drugstores or whatever, you could actually know exactly what's in there because it would have to be regulated. It would have to be approved by all the like agencies, like like how they have like all, how pharmaceutical industry has to go through all these checks and balances to make sure the product they're putting out is safe. Well, okay, obviously safe is different when talking about, like, meth. But pure and... Is what it says is it is. what it is. Yeah, is what it says. There's not laced with rat poison. Also, then you can then you also know how strong the drug is. So, say, you know, like how there is standard drinks written on a bottle of alcohol. Like, I, I think a, a decent analogy for it is if, say, you're getting, like, heroin or whatever from a, a straight dealer. You don't know whether you're getting something that's 40%, like for, for the, to use the alcohol analogy, 40% like alcohol or 5%. And if you just go, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to drink a glass of alcohol, but I've got no idea what kind it is or how strong it is, that's not a good scenario. Whereas I go, okay, I it, it takes me three standard drinks to get drunk or, you know, because I don't know what the actual standard is, three standard heroines to get high. <laughs> no, that's, I, no, that's it. Well that's done. It. Three standard <laughs> heroines. Three standard heroines. <laughs> but if I know it takes me three standard heroines to get high, then I'm, I'll take three standard heroines as opposed to a random heroine. And it could be one or it could be eight. 
and then you could be like you could die of an overdose. Yeah, I, I, I understand. I think there's a lot of safety benefits to be gained from people like knowing exactly what's in them, in the drugs, and for the, the production to be regulated. Yeah, that would be really useful if it was only the pharmacy selling them. But, for example, in London, um, when they experimented with decriminalising drugs, it just so happened that the selling of drugs on the black market increased dramatically. And so... This is a result of pharmacies are not going to sell to people under the age of 18. Mm. They're going to check their IDs. They're, you know, they're going to check their IDs and, and make sure they're old enough. Whereas if we look at, you know, what, what's, the, what's the age of, you know, the highest drug use, I'm, I'm not exactly sure here, but I'm going to go out on a whim and say it's probably, you know, between, you know, like a teenage sort of age range and 20s and, and so on. And so in London, it just so happened that um, the black market was surging and this, this has increased the availability of, of drugs to people below the age of 18 and, you know, they're cheaper for them, they're e- more easily obtainable, they're, they're you know, deemed more acceptable among society? How do we know that, you know, like you were saying, how do we know what's in these drugs? Some of them have, have been found to have, you know, malaria contaminants and rat poison and other things. And so if this is increasing, isn't that causing more danger? Because obviously people in the black market, you know, people who are, who are selling in the black market, they don't, they don't care about the law. That's why they're selling there in the first place. Is that not putting children in more danger? Okay. So, but okay, in London, mm-hmm. there wasn't, the drugs weren't being sold at pharmacies unless I'm, unless I'm completely missing, like it, the, it, use was legal. They weren't being distributed in pharmacies. Also, I, I read that they experimented with decriminalization, but then shortly after they but dec- ceased it. Decriminalization isn't selling at pharmacies. That's, that's different to legalization and just like distribution of drugs by like, through legal ways. Um, yeah, I think he's right. So okay. if you're increasing the if, if you're not um, penalizing the use of drugs, but they still have to come from somewhere. Yeah. Um, so I think I think you make a valid point that it would it's probably going to increase accessibility. Because um, I think if you think about it from the perspective of a 16-year-old in Australia, it's much easier to um, purchase alcohol than it is to purchase marijuana. Yeah. You just find somebody you know that's over the age of 18 and get them to do it. Yeah. Um, the the point about the pharmacists I'm a little more unsure about. Yeah, um, that might have been legalisation. Yeah, that one's a bit more interesting. Um, I've, the standard drinks metaphor is really strong, and I think that'll be a really effective thing um, going forward. Also, I would love to have it as standard heroin <laughs> and standard meths. I think that'd just be, it. It'd be you know, nice fun marketing tool. <laughs> um, I, I do want to hit on your idea of more strict control of what goes in them because I think that whilst it might be more apparent what's in them, I don't think that's necessarily going to make it better. For instance, how dangerous to your health is nicotine? Because from my understanding, it's not the, particularly. It's the, pack, it's the tobacco that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. But what is dangerous to your health is smoking hmm. and everything that's in there. So the addiction to crystal meth 
might end up being crystal meth is already worse for you than nicotine and god knows what they'd shove into the rest of it to make it all the more addictive yeah that that is that is a good point about you'd have to have a lot of strong controls in what drug companies are allowed to put in them to not increase the well i mean you, you say that but does that happen in the smoking industry at all? I mean, yeah, how many people... The one, the thi- okay, the thing is, the smoking industry started before, like, we knew the health impacts of it. If you are going into uh, making an industry knowing full well the health impacts, you, it's a lot easier to start with these heavy controls in place than it is to have a billion-dollar industry and then, and, yeah. and then try and cramp laws under it when they will already have all this money to be lobbying against all these laws and stuff. So I think, I don't think it would be a logistical nightmare to get a lot of um, control into what is put in the substances for, because we're, because the industry would be starting from scratch. From a logistical perspective, yes, I understand that. But I think, I, don't, I almost think you don't actually have a right. Why, why do you get to decide what goes into it? You're, you're literally, your argument is, right? is that people should have freedom of will to choose whatever they want. No, my, um, my, my argument is that legalizing it is the best health outcome. But that's a byproduct of the result, is we are giving everybody the option to choose whatever they want. And now you're saying, okay, so you can have your hard drugs, but you're not allowed to put these things in it. Like, that, that seems very hypocritical. I disagree. I, th- I think it's about, like, it's the... You're still getting your active ingredient. That's what they're after. They're not after the rat poison that's in it, are they? Like, oh. Well, I mean, you, you would say that, but, I mean, people aren't after the tar that's in the smoking, and yet it's still in there. Yeah, but, like, okay. It's not illegal for you to put tar in cigarettes. I don't think, I don't think, look, I'm, my, my understanding of how the laws are written in these circumstances isn't amazing, but... I don't think you actually have that much of a control to say what you are and are not allowed to sell people ingredient-wise. And I think where where that is, is when it comes to drugs. I feel like that's one of the few lines. As long as you, and you want to specifically make it so that as long as they're clear and apparent about what's in the drugs, they can sell whatever they want. And I, I think you you could find yourself in a very dangerous situation there where your eternally optimistic perspective is that they would just be selling, um, you know, 40% crystal meth with 60% sugar or something, right? And so it's just like, yep, the rest of it will be fine. But that's not how it's going to work. And and we've seen that through other industries and that's not how they make money. Even through the black market industries of, yes, a lot of the time they do cut it with maybe like icing sugar or something, but a lot of the time they do cut it with rat poison or whatever works for them. Yeah. So I, I think you don't, I don't think you get that. I, I think you get the points for the standard drinks comparison because I think that's helpful. I don't think you get the points for the, it, it becomes healthier because they get to choose what's in it. I think they get to choose what's in it and it'll still be whatever they want it to be. You could, you could put laws in about, you can't put poisons in there, but yeah, I get that is... That is, that, is, that is a fair point. I still think you'd get better health outcomes, though. You get, you get definitely get a le- less um, overdoses and deaths acutely. Yes, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd get, get le- you'd get less overdoses definitely um, with your standard drinks equivalency. Um, do you know what the um, 
laws regarding what's the difference between a poison and just a substance that you're allowed to put in something. It's got, it's got to do with scheduling. I'm, I'm not sure about what they... Like, they are scheduled differently, but I'm not sure what the chemical or biological differences have to be to be yeah, considered Yeah, because, like, most of the shit in cigarettes is poison in various forms. Like, it, it has a similar effect to poison on your system, mm. but yep. I, I don't know what they call poison and what yeah. they call... Yeah, even I, then, I, I don't know what it has to, what the difference is for the actual substance, but they are scheduled differently. Even then, you can still buy poison off the shelves. Mm. You don't even have to be eighteen to purchase it. Like it's just the the idea is supposed to be that there are large warning signs on it saying don't drink this. Yeah, it's yeah, it's because it doesn't get you high. The no one, the people yeah. don't drink it. Yeah. Well, have you ever tried methylated spirits? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's just ninety percent alcohol. <laughs> Doesn't taste very good though. No, it doesn't taste very good. Even the the trends of people sniffing glue or petrol fumes, or like there's a lot of different things in the world where people do things that are basically poison hmm. for the sake of being high. But okay, he, I think here's the other thing that like putting strict laws doesn't stop people doing it. Like, there is a such a drug... Like, there's drug problems because the current system doesn't work. Um, it's not going to stop... It might not stop everyone, but it'll stop people who have a moral compass, who respect the law. Whilst you understand that, yeah, that the current system's not amazingly effective, and I think we could all three of us agree that it definitely needs work. Yeah. Um, I don't think with your system it would magically fix it either. No, no, I, I'm, there's still I, going to be problems no matter oh, what it is. Absolutely. I like, yeah, I'm not saying mine is a perfect solution, but I do think it would be better than what we currently have. It's, it's like, um, it's like when you go with like the driverless cars, like, oh, you know, they're still, I'm not saying like saying mine's necessarily going to be way, way, way better, but go, people go like, oh, you know, one person died because of a driverless vehicle when thousands and thousands of people die when people are driving cars. Mm -hmm. Like just because the new proposed system isn't perfect doesn't mean that it shouldn't be used because, like, even if it's better, even if it's only marginally better than the current system. And I think looking for improvement is important rather yep. than going, oh, there's this, there, there, there is a hole in your there's a hole in your plan, sure, but there's also heaps and heaps of holes in the current one that I think my system, I, I, I think it'd be better. I think there are holes in both. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Um, oh, I'm not social science. I might like my idea is perfect. There are flare, there are absolutely flaws in it. You brought up a really interesting idea. Then that I'm going to give you a bit more leniency to see whether or not you can um, argue it for yourself, yeah. and see whether or not it's something you believe in. Um, the idea that you're basically saying to moral people, you can follow the law if you want and not do the drugs. Or you have the option to do drugs and not follow the law. It's a really interesting concept when you get into the idea of absolving yourself of responsibility. Um, and is that what you're seeking to do here? Because whilst to a certain extent, I think it's almost like Jacob is trying to care for everyone. Yeah. And in doing that, I don't know how effective he will be. He will, he will definitely lose some, but he will try and get as many as possible. Your policy seems more focused towards the idea of 
working for the people who want to be worked with. Yeah, so you can't help people who don't want to be helped. But at the end of the day, if they want to respect the law and help themselves, then they will. If they don't, then, you know, they will turn to drugs. And that also goes back to your other point about, you know, being able to provide them with treatments and, you know, being able to call an ambulance without fearing, you know, the consequences of that. But um, basically, if they don't want to be helped by these by these services that you're saying will be available to them, then they can't be helped. But if they're so if they if they want that high at the end of the day, you know, and they don't want the help to get rid of that high, then they're not going to they're not going to accept that treatment. So how how can we say that, you know, decriminalizing drugs and providing them with more treatment is is going to definitely be successful and help them? I but I I think you can absolutely help people that um, in the current system want to be helped, but are scared they're going to go to jail if they ask for it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I understand. I think, that's, that. I think yeah. that's a pretty major thing. I'm like, I don't, I don't, uh, uh, there'd be, I don't think people want many people want to be like completely utterly hooked on drugs. People like people want to like get get the high and stuff, but like you know, if they overdose, like I, that, I. Probably, I would argue that most of them don't want to die, and if they like that. But like you said before, to to people jail, they'd will be more likely, more likely to call an ambulance. But but like you said before, you know, you're saying that people don't want to die, but you're saying you were saying before, people will put poison into their bodies for that high. Yeah, but they don't want to die still. Well, they're willing to go to that extent for yeah, that high. But, but they the, know they know that drugs are no good for them. They know that they've got all of these dangerous side effects, you know, people will, will you know, rob, rob other people and steal cars and stuff like that so that they can get money. They'll, they'll do anything, you know, for that high. And so, you know, like you were saying before, people will, will take poison. Yeah, again, well, one, one thing, I, I, I think that any, like, like violent drug-related crime or anything like that, that should still absolutely be taken with the full force of the law. There's not going to be any, like, you no, know, you steal something to get drugs. Like, you will be, like, hit with the full force of the law. If you hurt someone to get drugs, you'll be hit with the full force of the law. That, all, all that stuff still remains, and I'd be actually fine with increasing the penalties for stuff like that. But... I don't think that was really the point she was making, but, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm oh, comfortable that, everyone can agree on that. Um, yeah. I think you're definitely right that there is uh, um, a percentage that is too scared to seek help once they've committed to that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and what to do with those people is very difficult. I'm really curious to know, because we, because you're the eternal optimist, I think in your perspective is in your system how it would work, right, is these people, you know, have the heroin and consume the heroin and then think, oh, I might have overdosed and they call an ambulance, right? And then I think in your perspective, it's like then they go to rehab and then their life gets better and everything. And I'd be, I really don't have as much faith in those people as, as I think you do. And I think but, okay. what happens to those people that just end up in the same loop over and over again and who just end up abusing the system because they know we're going to take care of them? Yeah, exactly. 
I think you could probably you could probably have mandatory rehab stuff. I, I'm not quite sure exactly how that would work, but I remembered the point I wanted to address with what you were saying, <laughs> um, and that is that people have that sort of I don't know the consequences of the high versus going in the high or the risk versus reward, basically, of doing anything. So for drugs, it might be, you know, you get, a, you get a high, but there are the risk is the health complications and outcomes. But you, like, again, to a lesser extent, you could, there are risks involved with going outside <laughs> and, like, doing literally anything. The site that if you wanted to take no risks, you'd, like, sit in a, like, a like a room with, you know, some sunlight coming in so you get your vitamin D and your enough food and stuff and you're taking, like, taking no risk, but... Even then, you just wouldn't be exposing yourself to enough outside bacteria that you'd probably die. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. I'd, I'd argue, though, that... Versus reward yeah. in, in, in anything like... People do, people do dangerous stuff all the time for the enjoyment, whether it's, like, you know, for a natural dopamine release. Like, and people, like, you know... Jump off buildings. I've done that on a plane because, <laughs> like, it was exhilarating and fun. Like, but, and, you know, there are risks involved with that. Obviously, the risks aren't as high as me, you know, walking up to some guy on the street asking for some heroin and jabbing it in my arm. But there are still risks involved with that. It's like, you know, there were risks involved with me getting on the bus to come here to do, the, to do this podcast that I, you know, like, I do it because I enjoy doing it I think it like it and it's fun but you know that bus could have crashed so like yeah but the thing is that's you know that's a you know if if I get on this bus it could do this or it could do that but it's like if I if I take ice you know it will do this it will do that to me you know you're it's just the same as smoking it's a very slow death sentence that's what smoking is and I'm not saying that all drugs will kill you you know, they will, they, they have, out, out, yeah, yeah, they have yeah. their bad side effects. And I think that's the, I think that's the major flaw with my, my way of thinking about it is going to do, is there are going to be those, even so if you can reduce the short-term impacts of it, you're still going to have the long-term impacts of dealing with, of dealing with people who have taken drugs and, you know, doing meth constantly is terrible for your heart and all this other stuff. I still don't think it's much worse than though the current state where um, people are still doing meth and people still have to deal with the consequences of people doing meth um, and those long-term consequences of them being in the health system and stuff like that. Can, can, we, can we revisit that idea that you briefly skipped past before that I hit you on? So is under your system, if somebody, let's say somebody overdoses and calls an ambulance and it's their first time, yeah. Right. They're not. They do not have a track record of this. Are they allowed to, like, you know, pay their ambulance fees, whatever? Are they allowed to go free? Is there mandatory rehab? I I want to understand what that would look like under your system. Okay. Um, and the other example is somebody has a track record, literally. Yeah. Come on, that's a really good joke. With the track mark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. I do like the idea of rehab facilities being, I don't know, probably compulsory. Again, because I'm not coming at it, coming at this from a, you know, everyone's got, you know, like, you know, a freedom of 
you know, I can do whatever I want. Like, how dare the government stop me doing anything? I look at it from a, I think this will be a better health scenario than the current one. So I think that um, something, I mean, along the lines of what it is in Portugal, where you then have a, um, you're, you're put in front of a committee of, like, it doesn't have to be exactly what it is in Portugal, but something of the similar, similar consequence, um, and go through, you know, a rehab course of whatever length, and then you're free to, to go. Um, and hopefully that would reduce the, like, use of drugs if people are being put through rehab. Um, so to be clear, because I'm sure we'll move on to the costs and you'll talk about incarceration soon, that's still in form of incarceration and will still also be expensive. Because yeah. especially if you're improving the living conditions, then in, in a form of rehab, it would be considerably. Yeah. Um, it will be probably more expensive. Yeah. You might have less people in it, but it would be more expensive than prison. Yeah, uh, uh, that, that's fine. But I also think you're getting a much better, for a non-violent drug offender... Rehab yeah. is far more important than incarceration. Yeah. And yeah. you're going to get much better rehab outcomes from being in a rehab centre rather than being in a jail cell. Yes, that's that's perfectly understandable. I'm just making sure the facts are all clear. Yeah, fair enough. There are obviously costs associated with it. Yeah. Anything yeah. on health? Well, I don't know. When, you know, when someone is put in jail, I, I'm not really sure about this, but if someone's put in jail, are they provided with rehab? Depends on wouldn't the wouldn't they be provided with rehab? Not necessarily. I'm not. I'm not fluent with yeah jail systems. But um, also the I think they do. I think there are um, support groups, mm. but I don't. I don't think they're like really good support groups. I think it's like the you talk about your emotions, you get beat up at the yard the next day. Support <laughs> groups. Yeah. Also, there's plenty of drug use in prisons. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I don't know, maybe that's something that could be improved instead of having to decriminalise drugs. And like I was saying before, you know, do we really need to go to the extent of decriminalising drugs? Can't we implement programs like the safe injecting rooms and the pill testing at festivals? You know, can't we implement more schemes like that? Well, just to be clear, he's gone way past decriminalising it because I think decriminalising it is sort of the the middle ground. Um, He wants to straight up legalise it. Um, and the results of that would be very, very different. Decriminalizing it is more on the focus of you know, reducing incarceration rates. Legalizing it, his objective is different. Um, I'd be curious to know, are you in favor of decriminalization of especially some of the, what you would call softer drugs and some of the harder drugs as well? No, I, I don't think so. So really, would you say that marijuana should be illegal? Yes. Or at least decriminalised. I would, okay, I would not go as far to say as it should be legal. I I don't know. I think that it's still, it, it is considered one of the softer drugs and it does have its side effects as well. We, mm-hmm. You know, we can't neglect, you know, we can't neglect that. And even though it might not be as dangerous as other drugs, it's, it's still, it, it can still be dangerous. And, you know, I, I think, you know, for medicinal purposes, yes, but you know, for for recreational drug use, I I probably wouldn't decriminalize it because I think it's also really popular amongst teenagers, and I think that you know it would it would probably 
um, like I said, with other drugs, encourage them to use it. And, you know, I, I don't think, I think if you became addicted to it, I don't think that that would be good for you in the long term. Um, and also it can go as far as things like psychosis and decreased reaction time. And, you know, that's yeah, also you, got you, problems yeah. with driving. And yeah, You can have bad trips. Oh, you shouldn't be allowed to, oh, you shouldn't be allowed to drive under the influence when even these drugs, <laughs> by the way. I'm not saying that. Um, yeah, it's also less addictive than alcohol, marijuana. So. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, but uh, you know, memory-wise, all of those other things, psychosis, yeah, I, they're not, you know. I, I think marijuana should basically be classed as the same as alcohol. I, th I think it's the dangers of overdosing are way less than alcohol. It's not as addictive. Like again, there there are there there are there can be downsides to it. That you people can be prone to having you know bad highs and you know psychosis and bad reactions to it. I like, feel that's like absolutely still a thing. I feel like that's definitely. I th I think because alcohol doesn't. I mean, not to my knowledge, because alcohol doesn't have those same side effects. I think that's probably why it's legal and marijuana is not. Um, yeah. So everything has different consequences and marijuana has famous for its um, reputation for potentially causing schizophrenia or at least triggering schizophrenia. I think you have um, to be prone. Though, yeah. To be if, if, if you already predisposed. have the predisposed yeah. to that's it. Um but, oh, man, let's talk about the outcomes of alcohol because heart disease, um, violence for people, like like the re reduced inhibition and, like, violence. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a factor, but the biggest killers of Australian people and so many people worldwide is heart disease. variations of heart disease because of the massive influence of alcohol. Yeah, well, again, that would be people who drinking excessive amounts who are alcoholics and yeah you know I, I understand your point I do understand that in small amounts probably both are not yeah. you know dangerous yeah, for your if health you're, if, you're not, if you're not smoking tar with marijuana then like but I guess and stuff yeah but I guess like you know marijuana has that reputation especially amongst teenagers and it's you know something that's highly desired and I think as opposed to alcohol, which all the teenagers are just like, no, nah, I don't want any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's that's one of the biggest problems with it is it's a lot of like, it sounds scary, but when you actually put it up to the microscope, it's a lot closer to it's the reason that 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 the people don't have that same opinion of alcohol is because it's legal. It's not because it's any. It's not because it's less dangerous or has le 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 less effects. The effects are different. Pro probably a sensible like level of alcohol consumption is probably less risky than a sensible level of marijuana co consumption because you're not going to get the schiz there's not the chance of schizophrenia but apart from that neither of them are particularly bad. yeah none of them are particularly uh, dangerous if you use sensibly not it, neither of them are as bad as cigarettes yeah a, a moderate use of cigarettes is so much worse for you than either marijuana yeah. or um I agree. alcohol yeah and that's legal so yeah, well, don't I, get me started on yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, a lot of the I'll use stigma for lack of a better word at the moment that I can think of, but is is because it's legal or illegal, as opposed to because yeah, that's that's what I was trying to say. Like before, I wasn't trying. To, yeah, I was trying to say marijuana is very desirable because it's illegal, and 
I don't, I don't know really. You can't really predict whether if it was decriminalized or whether it was legal. Well, I think you, you know, can predict Australia. it because there's it's is in America. It's a fantastic example of a ma- okay. massive and, proportion. And has and has abuse of marijuana increased? No. Are you, are America, sure? America isn't on fire because of that. Like that that's a whole other thing. Um, that like there have you heard any reports of out-of-control marijuana use in the U.S.? Well, no, because they've got to talk about guns. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. There's, that, there's plenty of distractions there that might not um, get, get all the way through to us. The, the states that have uh, either decriminalised or legalised marijuana have been pretty happy with the results. Okay. Um, so you said don't get you started, but I do. Um, <laughs> so, no, because I think it's important because if you're comparing them to alcohol and cigarettes... And you think that marijuana should be illegal, not just criminalized, but, you know, straight up illegal. Does that mean you think that cigarettes and alcohol should be illegal as well? I think cigarettes should be, but I know it's definitely not feasible because it's been legal for so long. And cigarettes I- ignore, is... Ignore feasible. Yeah. What, are you, what would you be trying to achieve? If somebody, if somebody asked if you were in a position of power over, like, you know, you're an elected representative of the public... What should the world look like? Oh, well, you know, if I was being really optimistic, I'd say, you know, cigarettes would be illegal because it's literally just a death sentence if you continue to smoke it throughout your life. And yet the reason that you're saying that you wouldn't make that is because you don't think it's feasible because too many people wouldn't. Yeah, people are are addicted to to it. Yeah, people are opposed to it. People are addicted. They can't possibly... You know, I'm, I don't know the exact stats, but how many people smoke, you know, at the moment? There would, a fair proportion of Australians would. Australians are actually pretty good by world standards. Uh, um, well, other, yeah. Go, go, go to Europe. <laughs> um, but the point being is that those people believe in the, the freedom of choice, is they, they believe that they should get to decide whether or not they smoke cigarettes. And, you know, if they want to be addicted to it, then they want to be addicted to it. So if it's more dangerous than marijuana, why would you classify marijuana as an illegal substance and tobacco or cigarettes in any format as a legal substance? Yeah, I, no. I just think there's a blatant like contradiction there. Yeah, no, I was, I was yeah. saying before, I understand where you're coming from with marijuana and alcohol. They both have their, you know, their negative side effects and all of that. And you know what? I would probably agree with you because you do make a valid point that, you know, marijuana probably is as dangerous as someone who's drinking alcohol excessively. But, yes, I'd probably go back on what I said about, you know, marijuana being illegal. And if it was in small amounts, then sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, can we really control that, I guess? Okay. You know, but cigarettes... If, you know, ideally they, they would be illegal, but I don't think that's something that can actually be done. So just to clarify, in an ideal world, all three would be illegal, just marijuana and cigarettes. Um, but the reality is now is that because you don't think that's achievable, you take the softer ones like those three and say, okay, you have the right to do it. We're not going to encourage you to do it, but you have the right to do it. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. So marijuana included in that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd... I'd go back on what I said. Okay. Right. You want to talk about money? I do want to talk about money. (laughs) Um, Actually, one of the... Again, I don't think it's the most important thing, but there's a 
pretty big upside to legalisation for economic purposes, I think. Um, so first of all, um, you're reducing... like So if you're selling drugs legally, that money is taxed and you can then like put that money into health resources... Or if you don't want to do that, just have more money like in, at your at, at the at your disposal, because buy yourself a new summer house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, um, I I don't think like I'm not an ap- absolute expert. I don't think cartels pay tax. I'm gonna say that with, like <laughs> with with a fair amount of like like they're they're gonna go. Oh, you know that's um, you know. A hundred dollars for your cocaine, and uh, we're going to send forty percent of that to the government. Um, like, that's not going to happen. So you can you, you get you're going to get tax from selling drugs, as opposed to which is all going to criminals and gangs and stuff like that. Which I think is a good thing. You're taking money out of the hands of criminals and putting it into the hands of other criminals in the government. But anyway, <laughs> that was a drive-by, which in the world of drugs is quite relevant. <laughs> but I think like let less less power for for drug for gangs and cartels, I think is a good thing. So that's, that's a small one. I think the one of the biggest ones is then you don't have to put people in prison for drugs, but not for nonviolent drug crimes. So at the moment, in the US, there are three hundred thousand people in prison for nonviolent uh, drug-related crimes. So that's thirty-one thousand dollars per prisoner per year. That's nine billion dollars per year. But you were saying before that the treatments you were implementing yeah. are more expensive than that. So but if you're talking about money, be, then that's but, invalid. But the, but I'd rather spend that money on rehab than just putting them in jail. Yes. So so fair. Like, uh, yeah. But I'm saying we're yeah, spending... You're not, you're not gaining $9 billion no, there. I know. Yeah. You're just that's reallocating your $9 reall- billion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like... That's a lot. It's like it's like it's a it's a lot of costs that is being like, incurred from incarcerating people, and that could be better used for uh, for health outcomes by putting that into rehab as opposed to, you know, oh Bob was caught with you know a tiny bit of weed. Now let's put him in prison for five years. I, yeah. it's, it's not an in proportion response, it's, and it's, it's not still, the best out, health outcome response. Yes, either. it's still it's still a, a very valid point. Just wanted to make that clarification. Yeah. So then I would I if it was up to me I would put that nine billion straight back into um, rehab services and into like into health basically. Um, I I I think that's good of you, but I don't think you have much of a choice. But like, like, again, I, I, <laughs> you, you, I, I, it's like it's like taking away the roads. And then, like, not investing in trains. It's like, you, just, you, you didn't give them much of a choice. What are you going to do with the rest of the options? Yeah, like, I, I, of course, I can't control it, But this is, we're, we're talking about ideal scenarios if we got to choose what happens with everything. So I think that is still valid. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> you're pushing it. Whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, I think you're definitely going to, like... Also, you're getting all the money from taxing it, which so you, you are going to make more yes. money as a government. The money you you will make money on the taxing because also they tax the shit out of alcohol and cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So you can do the same thing with drugs. You can have a higher tax rate from selling drugs if you like if, you, if that's what you want to do. But you're going to get at least you're going to get tax from you're going to get at least your ten percent GST um, on your on your drugs. I'm going to jump on you here for this little bit because uh, Australia has shown a massive success in how it's achieved one of the points we were trying to talk about earlier and gained money from the taxing in cigarettes. Um, the Australian government was losing so much money to the health when it came to cigarette-related 
um, diseases and mm. illnesses. And they basically said, no, screw you. We're not... We're just going to not going to allow this. We understand that it might be too difficult to make this illegal, but we're just going to jack up the price as much as they can. And they've increased the the taxing on cigarettes by a massive amount. The number of people that are smoking has gone down massively, and the number of money that they have made from it has been a fantastic success. Um, with everything from pl- plain packaging laws to show people what it is to just straight up for every cigarette sold, they're getting more of the money for it. Um, I think you could achieve two birds, one stone, because we we don't exactly stand for animal cruelty here. So just achieve the two birds. <laughs> two cigarettes, one <laughs> dollar bill. That's <laughs> not um, In getting getting the money that you want from it, and you would be able to still still send to the public a message saying you can do this, but it's gonna have it's gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you. Yeah. Um, and it would. Again, as he's saying, this money that is coming from nowhere as opposed to the um, the money from the incarceration, which is just going to be reallocated, this money that is coming from nowhere could then be further spent into various forms of rehab or advertising or whatever they feel is the best way to actually... Reduce the impact of drug use. Exactly. And then also it's not going to gangs and cartels and stuff like that who, are make, who make heaps and heaps of money from... They do okay. From drugs. So, you know, the less power those sort of, like, groups have, the better. Yeah, that's definitely a valid point. But at the end of the day, I, for me, it all boils down to, you know, will it in- encourage drug use in Australia? We don't know. Yeah. That That's what it boils down to for me. Like, I understand that it's going to provide more money for rehab, but, you know, will we still, are we going to lose out because... More people are going to start using drugs and then that's going to cost us more money again. We don't know. Yeah. I I personally think it is worth the risk um, of trying something new because I don't think our current system does a good enough job. That's an excellent summary. Um, to let's let's look back at it briefly because I do want to just talk about like some of the things we we discussed. We started out by talking about like the the incentives to the public um, and like this last case, I think sometimes there's just, there is no real counter to that. And I think you struggle with that a little bit, Jacob, yeah. um, because what, what, yeah, yeah. you're I, right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's the reality of these um, types of issues is a lot of the reasons the, the person you're debating with has is a, yeah, you're right. I just think my reason's more important. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree with your reason. It's an important reason. I just think mine's more important. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm coming And from. it was very similar with the last one we covered just then that I think, yeah, Elise is not going to say, no, I don't want the free money that you're going to then spend on helping exactly. people. Yeah. Um, it's just the reality of going, yeah, you're right. I just, I just don't think it's important. Um, and that's then important, yeah. The, yeah. So really, you've, you've got the, the big middle section of the middle ground of the health um, was really interesting. A lot of back and forth on that we got some clarifications as to where you stand Elise in terms of some of the softer drugs and then um I think I think you it got a bit more difficult for you than you thought it might Jacob when it came to looking into um what do you do about repeated abuses of the system yeah um and I think that's one of the big challenges of your system yeah I agree is um that that's probably the the one that needs the biggest work. I'd be really curious to look further into the Portugal example and see what their findings in um, in according to that is. Yeah. 
um, that that would be super interesting. Um, yeah, I think think you guys have made a pretty strong case either way. Um, I'd be curious to know what anybody that's listened thinks coming out of it. Um, but I personally coming into it was um, more towards the side of legalizing, and at least this swayed me a little bit back towards the other way. But I'm still very, still very like not sure. I think I would I would like to see more countries like test on it. Just Before to see. we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I'm naturally a progressive person, so I believe in if we think it's going to do better, then do it. On this case, I'm actually leaning to the more conservative answer of um, I think what we've got we going right now is is not going that badly. Um, and if you get, if we just get a bit more, because um, I think Australia is nowhere near as bad as the US. Yeah, I agree. If I was the US, I would, yeah, maybe scrap the system and go with yours just because needs a complete overhaul. Australia isn't as bad. They, yeah. I think, I think there's, there's less of a need to shake things up. Yeah. I think, I think we should absolutely go with pill testing and safe injection rooms, but yeah, it's, yep. we're in less dire need of yeah. um, change. In yeah. The U S need, needs a change now. So maybe with a bit more evidence and in the future, we might be seeing Europe plan down the line, yeah, or when maybe I, we'll, when I'm a politician and I've put this through, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, or maybe they'll they'll try and do it in the US and it'll fail miserably, and at least we'll be right. Yeah, and, gee, and then yeah. I'll say I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll just about wrap us up for this week. Um, tell them, tell them where you can find us, Jacob. Um, well, you can find us wherever you, wherever you're listening to us now. Um, but tell your friends if you think they would enjoy the podcast. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, we're on Stitcher. I think we're on Spotify. Not exactly sure. I have to check with our uh, <laughs> producer. <laughs> uh, I think I think we might be though. But we're, we're on we're on podcast apps where you can find us. We're on places. Yeah, rate us well. We if exist. you think we deserve it. If you don't, then leave it. But yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Elise, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was uh, it was good having good having you here. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Jacob Thompson. My name's Alexander. Goodbye.